Canon is proud to sponsor No Film School and its coverage of the 2024 Sundance Film Festival, marking its 40th year as an event that showcases both the cutting-edge equipment and the talented filmmakers that bring visions to life. Canon and No Film School partnered on a party and a cinema camera giveaway. Canon celebrated its 14th consecutive year supporting the Sundance Film Festival. And the Canon Creative Studio at 528 Main Street featured panel discussions and the latest Canon products, including the brand new RF24 105mm f2.8 LIS-USMZ lens, a first of its kind. Visit usa.canon.com for all the latest news. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the No Film School podcast for January 18th. This is Gigi Hawkins. I'm here with Jason Hellerman. Good afternoon. It's a Hawkins Hellerman <laughs> special. HH mashup. Yeah. The HH. Wait, is that a good? Yeah. I don't okay. know. HH yeah, is the classic I don't Jason know. GG mess around. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And um, today we are going to be answering a no film school and ask no film school question about social media. We're also going to be talking about the lowest lows. The, the low lows. The yeah. low lows of filmmaking. And I'm just going to start it off with playing a clip of myself in the car part you know when you sit in your car and you like are home but you don't have the wherewithal to even go inside yet oh yeah the old garage sit it was the garage sit i don't have a garage but i have a little covering and a little parking spot that's what i so it was like me and the coyotes of silver like hanging out and this is what i recorded in my my low low last week little voice memo i'm sitting in my car my laptop stopped working today and we are undoing a ton of work in the edit trying to redo it not even that it's not working but that it's like it's like is it the best it can be and it's terrifying it's so so scary and I feel really down right now so yeah what the fuck? This is hard. Making a movie is really hard. They don't want to be made. They don't want to be made. So that is in the context of I've been working on my indie feature and and we're getting close to picture lock. Like our editor is leaving. Christina O'Sullivan is going back to Amsterdam and we have to be done with the movie by then or at least picture locked. And we have a screening tomorrow and the 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 
you know, walls are closing in. And I think either the day before or the day after I recorded that, I literally had a panic attack. I got like feedback on something and it was like, all of a sudden I couldn't breathe and my hands went numb. And I was like, all just feeling so down on the project. Like we've been working so hard. I've been going since May, since we like, we're like, we're going to do this. And, and here I am trying to rally and I have so many awesome people around me, but like there is that rallying and I just felt so defeated. I felt so down as you could probably hear, even though I like, I think I speak with like a, everything's fine. Everything's fine as tears stream down my face. So yeah. Um, and it's something, you know, I think uh, as a person who is generally, I have a happy disposition. It's easy for me to be like, things are great. Things are good. We're doing this. I'm so lucky. I can't believe I get to be making a movie. But the lows are there too. And they have to be there. They have to be there. So yeah, I'd love to like kind of hear how you deal my, with my, this, my heart is going out to you, Gigi. This Thank is uh, you. hard. That was it was hard to listen to, and then also watch you listen at the same time because it was like you were reliving it, and then I felt like I was living it. But I, you know, I think there's always value in I think how upfront and how frank we are <laughs> on this podcast. It's it's probably what keeps me coming back happily, even when we're talking about the low lows and those subjects. Hollywood is, you know, it's a series of highs and lows, right? It's like you don't get too high, you don't get too low. But but a lot of times you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. And while you were doing that, I was typing into my email to find an email I sent around seven years ago where it was just me emailing, you know, a close friend and mentor being like, is, what am I doing? And is this worth it? And like, can you overcome these failures? And Would just, you mind reading it? Yeah, totally. I, I will pull it up verbatim. It literally starts out with, Hey, unsure you had time to read the latest draft of X. I don't, I don't even want to say the script's name because I've, I've since worked on it. I'm having an incredibly hard time figuring out what I should be doing right now. Blank says I should be writing more commercial ideas and sticking to, these, sticking to things that I think could be packaged and made. But when I pursue that, what I find is I often hit a roadblock in terms of people who can package actually reading and following through. Do development execs develop anything anymore? Question mark. I'm at a loss for what I should be doing now. I have a lot of different spec ideas and a lot of different directions I can go to, but they all feel like dead ends. If you were me, what would you do? Also, are there any backup careers when you, after you reach your 30s? So a pretty brutal, pretty brutal oh, low point. And geez. as someone who's about to be 37, that, you know, is around a seven-year-ago email. I think it, it's funny, like, when I started out my career, I was an assistant for a huge Oscar-nominated producer. Then I sold the screenplay and left that job. So like, I, and I was on set for my movie and at South by Southwest, and then I was writing other things. And I felt like, oh, if this is the bottom, things are just going to keep climbing higher. But what actually happened, and if you look at the trajectory of my career, is that then I kind of stalled, and then I went back down to the bottom. You know, I was assisting other people. I went back to be an assistant for an actor and for a director, and then kind of was writing at the same time and selling things. And then I found it hard to get those jobs because, you know, nobody really wants, like every job you're interviewing for, right? They know immediately that you don't want to be there. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, I've seen that you were on the blacklist. I saw that you're doing this. Like, why do you want this thing? And you have to be like, well, because I can't afford my rent in LA. You know, I think like those, those lows are real. And I think it's part of every career. And I don't even, you know, I think if you leave and look at it year by year, you know, you've, you can sort of see the curve over time. But also like, I think about, 
the start of 2020, I was on kind of a heater and then COVID happened. And then I was just like rock bottom to like, it felt like 2022. Mm -hmm. And then you come back in 2023 and I felt like I was on a little bit of a heater and then we went on strike for seven months. And then now you're clawing your way back. So I think, you know, it is that sort of tangential wave or whatever, but the lows are real. I don't know. Like when it comes to just dealing with them, a lot of it is look, emailing your friends and mentors to get that extra boost of confidence. And a lot of times what happens for me is I fall back into writing. You know, I Mm -hmm. I figure out what that low is, right? Well, I think when I was doing that, I had just had this huge movie fall apart, like a humongous movie. And I don't know if I've told this story on this podcast before, but I remember the producers six months in, I was like, hey, I think I need to get paid for this. And like, I've been writing on spec for a bit. And they were like, why would we give you $100,000 now when in a month you're going to be a millionaire? And I remember that. I have that email saved. And what happened a month later was that the whole project fell apart. So I never made any money on it. Uh. And then I wound up sending this email. And, and to this day, I think with many other bad things happening in my career, that's for sure like a personal low point because it felt like not only was I valued, but then was immediately devalued. And not only devalued as a writer, but like as a person where they were like, mm-hmm. haha, like we kind of won this thing. And when it fell apart, like, you know, he's the only one that had to suffer because you work yeah. for free. And anyway, you look, you learn a hard lesson and whatever. But I think like when it comes to dealing with it, my retroactive thing is like sink back into friends. Like what's the advice? And also I think sometimes, unfortunately, it's self-evaluation too. Like in that email, when I read it, yeah, I think I was writing at the time, maybe too many I was taking too many big swings and was it making me a better writer? Absolutely. Like I would never argue that. Like I think I was really taking chances uh, for good reasoning. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to the business of Hollywood and exposing people to specs, you really do want to put your best foot forward. So if you're not necessarily good or you haven't figured out a genre yet or you haven't fine-tuned something from being okay to being great, then yeah, you're not going to get a lot of positive responses. So it might be time to slow down, reevaluate, get back into things. I think a couple of years after I sent that email, I wound up getting this job at No Film School, which I've had now for five years, which has been my keep the lights on job where it's like, hey, if you don't get a check from screenwriting for six months, you can still keep your lights on. And I think like that's kind of the nature of the beast is like figuring out like where that comfort zone is, what that is. And for me, sometimes it's starting something new and saying like, okay, like this is my life preserver. This is what I'm going to work on now. Like this is how I do that. But no, no, it, it almost feels like it's to each its own thing, you know, like so much of this is art and commerce. And I think it's hard for me to separate the lows from also the times where I felt like I couldn't pay my bills or, yeah. or, or that you were, you know, you're swiping a credit card that's suddenly hot in your hand and you're like, oh, I really didn't think I was going to go into Ooh. credit card debt waiting for my this. My credit card is like a hot burning <laughs> metal thing exactly. that keeps, yeah. you know, and, and to be living in this type of state is, it's like a constant low buzz of anxiety, like a yeah. constant, a constant feeling of that. And I think the life preserver for me is in the past has been, well, what more can I do creatively? So continuing yeah. to write, continuing to make things. But because I am at like full capacity, like operating at sort of 120%, I, I just don't have the bandwidth to even start thinking about anything else except for you know, the thing that right. that nags at me is like, okay, will I get the bartending job like after I get to picture lock or like, should I take a nap first? And right. <laughs> and I think the answer is I, I, I think I'm going to stay in credit card debt a little bit longer. I mean, continue to pay off. Sure, sure. Thank you, No Film School for paying me. And, uh, but like 
rest because I feel myself burning out and having that panic attack last week, um, which by the way, I'm prone to like having panic attacks and then getting shingles two weeks later. (laughs) So I really hope that doesn't happen and I will report back. But I do know a lot more about like myself and my energy now that I'm in my 30s and have run myself ragged in the past, which at the end of the day, like doesn't serve me, doesn't serve the project, doesn't serve the people working on the project. So I think the thing that I'm learning in these low lows is like being able to say no to some things, knowing that I'm going to drop ball, like drop the ball and it's going to be okay. If it's the right ball to drop and knowing which balls are okay to drop. And then also like prioritizing rest in a way that, you know, sometimes is really, really hard, especially as I think you and I are both pretty like high achieving people who have like a chill mentality. So like yeah. we'll be operating at such a high capacity and doing so much work and continuing to put stuff out and being pretty okay with it. But like that is not necessarily sustainable. But I think it's part of the reason that we've gotten to where we are. So we've been, that behavior is of course reinforced. But then we find, or I find myself in in these situations where I like the burnout happens, which we've talked a lot about on this podcast. But also when when that, when all of these things collide and then something goes wrong, like I had a panic attack reacting to something that was not a big deal. Like it was like, I made a mistake on something. I didn't get a cut to somebody in time. Like I was like a couple of hours late yeah. and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Actually, have I told you my white, the white mini skirt story? No. Okay. So this is, it's actually, I think, helpful to identify these moments or like recognize a pattern of behavior. But my mom pointed this out to me. Summer before seventh grade. Wow, went, we're going back. We're really just cutting open our, our stomachs and spilling our guts here. <laughs> the lowest of the lows. Summer before seventh grade, I went to this Shakespeare camp and, and somebody in the older group played Helena or Hermia in Midsummer, And she was so cool. And she wore this like lime green shirt and a white mini skirt. And I was like, she's the coolest one. She's like playing the ingenue in Midsummer. Like I, I have to have a white mini skirt, like have to have a white mini skirt. And I became, and then it was the day before school was starting. My mom was dating the man who became my stepdad. We were doing like a family day out. And I was like, we have to go to Forever 21 and I have to have a white mini skirt. Like I was like so fixated on this thing. Like I had saved my babysitting money, like $22 to like, and and we were running late from this beautiful picnic in like <laughs> Inverness, California. And I was like, we have to go to the mall, mom. Like you don't understand. Like I was, had had attached to the the meaning of being accepted by my peers and coming off as cool to this white mini skirt to the point that I like could not let it go. And uh, and so whenever I'm like kind of fixated on something and can't have perspective, my mom is like, is this a white mini skirt moment? And 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 I think that it helps me kind of like one, realize like of this thing will pass and it will be okay and we will figure it out. And being able to understand that in the context of our careers and production. And and I think I did a really good job during production because I was like, wow, we're shooting on an island in Panama where there are no roads and the electricity goes out half the time. And like, it could rain and we could be rained out and we could all get COVID, 
you know, I think I was so prepared for things to go wrong that when they did, like, I was like, go with the flow, move at the speed of nature, man, like Panama, like it worked. But now in post, which is just like a lot of me sitting with the editor and scrutinizing moments and then receiving feedback, like it is just, it's a different type of mindset that I feel like comports to what most of this career is, which is us sitting thinking about the story or like rarely are we on set. So yeah, I think the it's it's of course natural that there would be a, a low, especially after running so like running this marathon for so long. And it's interesting to be able to recognize like what could be what internally could be doing it and what can I do to sort of yeah. balance that out or just give myself space to like it's okay to feel feel that feel that low. Absolutely. I think maybe that's like the big takeaway is like you, if you are working in Hollywood, you will feel that at some point, right? Like that will come back around. It's not, it's not just like, Hey, like it's not just only us, right? Like you will, every, it's a universal feeling. Everyone's going to feel it. One thing that, that I kind of came around to was just like, you actually cannot control Hollywood, right? It's like, it's just like the weather or whatever you want to, you know, like world like shoot or like shooting, you know, in South America, you cannot control so many things. So I want to go back, look at my email for a second and say, like, like, so what did I learn? What did I actually get out of this? You know, and I got a really nice email back from uh, my friend, uh, Ben, who's a producer and who I had sent that email to. And basically, he just took me out to lunch. And I just distinctly remember just hanging out with him and him just being like, look, you can't control who will read these scripts, but I'll read it. You know what I mean? So like, look, you know, if you send it to me, I'll read it. And I think it's good. I'll send it to someone. You know, he's like, now you just need to figure out these other things. Right. That was a big deal for me. Um, One other thing he said is just like, Go back to doing what you're really good at. And I think about that all the time. You know, when I was trying to find work and make bills after uh, that movie didn't come together, I was like, what am I really good at? And it was writing, right? Like I I had overcomplicated. So then it was like, could I get a job writing treatments for commercials? Yeah. And I wound up, you know, you apply 10 places, but I wound up getting that job. I wound up paying great and, you know, finding that way. What else was I good at? Writing. Okay, what did I do next? I distinctly remember the script I wrote seven years ago and why it didn't work, but I followed that up with one of my best scripts, you know, and, and some of it's just like getting back on the horse and saying like, okay, like that thing didn't work. You're not always going to write a banger, you know, like that might not be the one people are going to pass around, but how do I get back to it? Well, I'll sit down and do it. I also now as, as an adult, I try to find hobbies outside of film and TV. And that was really hard for me because I am absolutely a workaholic and absolutely like a high achieving person. And I want to just make sure you know, if I'm reading, I'm reading Sight and Sound magazine. And if I'm watching, I'm headed to the movies to watch Zone of Interest. You know, like if I have downtime, I'm watching or reading or doing something film TV related. But, you know, one thing I had to figure out was like, A, having hobbies and being outside of film and TV allowed me to meet other people, which mm-hmm. sparked some of my best ideas, some of my best dialogue and whatever. But B, it just was a time to like completely let the steam out of the engine. You know, like you get so stressed and so balled up that I, I always found like you were, my head was pounding all the time, you know, like a migraine when I wish I could like drill in here and like let, let out the compressed air. Or I think, mm. I think a lot about that David O. Russell movie, Three Kings, uh, when Mark Wahlberg gets shot and towards the end, he has to keep letting the opening a valve in his chest to let the air out of his lungs because he's just been shot in the lungs. Oh if he doesn't God. open it, his chest will explode. So he's always, you know, and it's, it's a great movie, super interesting, lots of fun behind the scenes stuff there. But I always think about that. It's like, that's the pressure in me. I, if I don't open that valve and let it out. So what, what does that become? You know, I've 
Uh, my, my wife makes fun of me every year at Christmas. I'm always asking for something different because it's whatever hobby I've decided. Yeah. Like we had the year of whittling, you know, and I'll hold up some <laughs> things that I like. Here's that's a pretty beautiful. bad. Uh, thank oh, you so much. Yeah. I've got lots for of our listeners. I'm seeing yeah. some amazing, some cool carving. woodworking. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It's like, so you have, the, I know you have the year of whittling. This year was the year of pickleball. So, you know, this morning, uh, you know, it's Martin Luther King Day. I went and played it. Uh, Westchester right by the airport and played for like four hours. But again, it's like, how do I get this stress out? I remember yeah. 2018 was the year of the gym and I lost like 40 pounds and looked amazing. So if we could go back, maybe that's what I should be doing all the time. But, you know, it's like finding those things because you need an outlet. You need an outlet outside film and television. I think one big yeah. thing I will credit to some, my friend Kate is amazing at this and 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 I won't use her last name, but she's the best. And they have game nights. She'll have game nights at her place and we'll go and we'll just play games. And when I'm there, it's not like I'm, I'm not pitching her ideas. She's a producer. You know, I'm, I'm there and I'm playing monikers or secret Hitler or code names. And it's like great to get, learn how to be friends with people outside of work, you know? And I think that was always an issue for me early on in my Hollywood career. I was putting so much pressure on myself to succeed. And when I was feeling these lowest of lows, and I was treating everything like a network thing when really it was like, we have to see people as human beings, right? It's like, right. see them as friends, not competition. You know, you can sink into insane jealousy if everyone becomes, you know, it's you versus everybody or whatever. And, and I think not create the best work out of that. So yeah, those are some of the things Like I would encourage everyone. If you're really tired and you have the capability, take a nap, take a nap on your lunch hour, 15 minutes, close your eyes. One of the things I used to do when I was crazy overworked was at lunch, I would get a warm coffee, not a hot coffee, and I would chug it and I would fall asleep because my body was warm. And then the caffeine, caffeine would wake nap. me Yeah, caffeine would wake me up and then I was ready to be an assistant the rest of the day, you know, or whatever. Wow. But, you know, if you have the power to do that, I do think it's really good for your mental health just to like close your eyes for a little bit, do that. Um, look, not everybody can take a day off and go play pickleball by the airport. But, you know, <laughs> like... Find those other things you can do, right? If you get out of work at seven and you're beat, don't get angry at yourself for not writing. Go for a walk. Take some time to yourself. Go, you know, see a movie if that's your de-stressor, but like figure out what that is. And again, like make it outside and film and TV. Once I started creating a whole world for myself, and again, like doing free things. There's a lot of hikes in LA. I'm sure, you know, yeah. like listeners just played. Like once I started creating that world, I found that the time I sat and actually worked was much more productive, not because I had used time elsewhere, but because I understood what time meant. And also I understood what I, what my body needed. And sometimes it's a, sometimes it's a nap and not to do any work on a Saturday, but to sleep in and just like recuperate and do whatever. And sometimes it is taking a caffeine nap, waking up and doing that. And sometimes it's, you know, whacking a plastic ball at a 70 year old woman, you know, just to feel good about yourself, whatever it takes, you know, finding those outlets. (laughs) The outlets are are critical. And I, I remember this in the context of my my previous career when I was working in New York as a account executive. And I was a workaholic. I derived a lot of value about, fr- about myself uh, from the work I was doing because I was ascending pretty quickly. And I was like, I know everything and I'm wearing my power pants. And, and, once a week, I would go to improv class at UCB. And that was like my playtime. Like that was the time where all I had to do was show up and hang out and play and goof around. And it was so important. I think it's the only reason I was able to stay sane during that time. And of course, I ended up burning out and getting the shingles and all that <laughs> fun stuff. But I think I still, I, I understood the value of carving out that, that space it's so interesting seeing how people 
do that, whether it's, you know, my my partner is in a good, bad movie club and it's all people in the industry, but they get together and hang out and eat dinner and maybe have a couple of beers and watch a movie that is so bad it's good. But it's more about the hanging out. Sure. It's not like they're analyzing it. They're not yeah. networking. The other thing that I think is sort of a treasure in LA specifically is like the the parks and the green space. Like yeah. that I think is so valuable and something I should be taking advantage of more. This sounds a little, you know, woo-woo or whatever, but I've I've used cooking as a way and I'm not good at it. I'm learning my way around the kitchen. Thank you, Molly Baz, for teaching me. But the thing about cooking a meal, and and I did not cook at all until pretty much the pandemic. And then I just dipped my toe in, but you you get to immerse yourself in making something and then you get to enjoy it immediately and then it's gone forever and nobody else gets to enjoy it. And I think that's probably really good for us. To yeah, put it in absolutely. Perspective. I love, I love, I'm like a huge cook. I love cooking a lot. So I, I, you know, I definitely embrace it. It's just finding something else. And then I think like moving on to different ideas, like the lowest points I've had in Los Angeles, you know, are confluence of like, oh my God, I thought I was going to get this paycheck or oh my God, I thought the script was going to change my life or maybe it's both of those things yeah. and then them not. And, and I think like the ability to bounce back isn't easy. It's just saying like, I think honestly, personally, what I had to learn was just saying like, okay, the lows are low, but they don't have to be, right? Like if I, if, if this is an issue that I need to go get a part-time job, I need to get a part-time job at right. nofilmschool.com, right? To make sure this low isn't that low. And when I have a giant high, I, I try not to be the buzzkill, but I also hold and say like, okay, this moment is special mm-hmm. and, and like, I'll like let it wash over me, but I also won't, I won't pretend like it's going to become the standard, right? Like yeah. it's not always going to be the standard. This is a great moment and there's still a lot of hard work to be done. And finding that even keeled thing is important. You know, I'll say my Philadelphia Eagles have a playoff game in a couple hours here and I'm very worried about their prospects. And when this airs, you'll know if they win or lose. But Jalen Hurts, our quarterback, says this thing every press conference. It's keep the main thing the main thing. And I think about it in, in the old days. The main thing for me was becoming like the greatest writer of all time or selling that million dollar spec. And now what's the main thing? The main thing is just being creative. You know, I think like yeah. embracing that like in, in the good and the bad and the ugly and not the movie, but the, of life like my ability to write and to create things from nothing is the main thing to me. It it feels amazing. I love doing it. I'll do it for the rest of my life for however long I get, uh, you know, on this green earth. But that's the main thing, right? It's not this, it's not, it's not chasing the highs. The highs aren't the main thing. It's it's the success of the the process. It's I'll I'll pull in another one, trusting the process for, you know, how we're moving forward. And and I think that that's a way to combat it. It's like, you don't have to deflate your own balloon if you're at an emotional high, but it's also knowing that like this, the standard is what you're doing, right? Playing, you know, playing to the standard is sitting down there and completing another spec. You know, for you, it's shooting another movie, doing, you know, like completing, like getting the funding and doing it again. That there could be years in between these highs or years in between these quote unquote like standard methodologies, but the work you're doing in the meantime is good and it's valid. It's valid. And also the lows. Nobody wants to be friends with the person who's always up high, you know? Like, yeah. I think we bonded the first time we sat and talked about, like, just of bad experiences, you yeah. know? Like, I do think it <laughs> always comes stories. Up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people want to share war stories. They don't want to share... The successes are fine. They're fun to talk about. But, like, you know, we call those... Those are the braggadocious people, right? It's like, yeah. oh, my God, I had to see so-and-so. And all they talked about was their win and their blah, blah. 
It's like you don't want to be the person who is yeah. that person, or and you don't want to be the person who's just the low the high person. Glum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> in one thing I want to just point out that you just mentioned is that you can't be in the low lows all the time and it's not healthy to stay in that low low space. Like you have to, whether it is creating space outside to go do something or taking the time, like the day after my panic attack, I went to a Korean day spa and just like, yeah. So did you go to Wii Spa? I didn't go to Wii Spa. I love Wii Spa, but I went to Olympic day spa, which is like a, a smaller one that was closer. I actually... Woke up at 6 a.m. to go shoot a pickup at the beach with the DP, Ryan Thomas, uh, because he had an RE Alexa camera with a huge long lens that we were like, we need ocean shots. Like, will this look like Panama? We don't know yet. Um, But and then I was like, and now we're eating a breakfast burrito and I'm going to a day spa (laughs) and just soaking. And like I had my phone put away for almost the whole day in a locker. And I just like, it was hard. Like my mind was still racing and I had to stop myself. But like, I need, I, I knew I needed to keep going after this. So I think it was like, take this time now so we can keep moving forward. Yeah. And that's something I would not have been able to do even three years ago. I think it's just, you know, bad experience or g- good judgment comes from bad experience or what is it? Good judgment comes from experience. Yeah. Experience comes from bad judgment. Right. And I have let myself wallow in the lows too long in the past. I've also pushed down the lows or pushed away the lows in a really toxic way and not dealt with it and just killed myself. And yeah, that's also not sustainable. So I love that you're like, there are, let yourself feel that pain, but also find a way to take the next step. And it could just be, hey, I'm going to party with my friends tonight in in moderation or I'm going to call my mom and she's going to say, is this a white mini skirt moment? (laughs) And then I'll be like, "Mm, yeah, it actually is. And I'll say this, maybe like finally, people will notice, right? They notice if you can bounce back up. And I think if you've ever made a movie or a TV show or whatever, those low lows happen a lot. The people you want in the trenches with you are the people that bounce back up and rally. You know, that that feel the low with you and then rally and say, like, how do we turn this into a high? How do we make this into a charge? You know, what? where do we go from here? And one of the things I tried to be better at, you know, since I sent that email and other things is is being a rally person, you know, like, all right, mm-hmm. we did it. We felt it. But, but we're on page nine. We need to get page 10. So let's get there. Like, what you know, what's going to take us and be there? I got an email maybe earlier this year. Can't, I guess last year because it's 2024 now. Let's say in it, I get an email early 2023 and it was uh, from someone who I didn't know. And it, what, they got my email address from this executive who I had worked with in the past, who I think is a great person. And they said, oh, I was talking to Rob and Rob said, you you are really good at bouncing back. And I had this question about blah, blah. And I like that's something that like, A, my friend Rob has never expressed to me. And mm. B not something I thought it was good, you know, that I was good at bouncing. And I, you know, like, listened to their problem. We kind of sorted it out on the phone, talked for a little bit. And a lot of it was just, I think that person just needed someone to listen to them and talk. And one thing I thought about was like, trying to be the person that you would want to be, that you would need when when you felt those lows, you know? So it's like, hey, yeah. sometimes you just need someone to bounce ideas off of talking through and calm you down, like the guy that received my email, you know, <laughs> like like you, Gigi, when you send that, you write that voice memo, you know, it's like, how do you be that person? And also like, 
if you're willing to mitigate and do this different things, you never know who's watching, right? Like I had no yeah. idea. And I remember emailing Rob and him being like, oh yeah, like he was like, I was talking to this other guy, Evan, about it. And we both are saying like, remember when Jason had that string of awful luck? And I, he was like, we both would have just like walked away at any moment if one of those things happened and you had five things happen. And you were just always like, I'm working on a new spec. And I was like, oh, I didn't even at the time think about it. Some of it wasn't, it was like resilience because I didn't have anything else to do, you know, and was terrified about whatever it was. But it is like, that's an impression. And, and I know like both of those guys since have gotten me work and I've worked with. And, and I think part of it is just like, not to toot my own horn, but like learning how to bounce back. And sometimes you learn yeah. just from having to hit the ground so many times that you're like, well, you got to keep getting back up, you know? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I can vouch for, uh, I shared so many drafts and a cut of the movie with you. And and outlines too, because I was like moving so quickly and needed to bounce ideas. And you were like such a positive energy force, if that makes sense. Like sure. you're like, oh, great. This is working. This bumped me. Like th- think about this. And it was like this energy that just like kept the momentum going. And that is so rare to find and also so helpful. So yeah. helpful. So like, <laughs> you know, you can have the best ideas, but if... Yeah. But also that energy, and if you can bring that to the table and be somebody that is like a light in yeah. these hard situations, that is, those are the people you want around in the trenches. Absolutely. Uh, I, I have a perfect segue into our listener question, Go unless there's it. anything else. You I have wanna... one. Here's why one. Go for it. Whatever. And this is not, I was reading an interview with Taylor Sheridan of Yellowstone fame. I feel like hot button guy, not going into any of his achievements or whatever he does, you know, I think like teach his own, but I thought he gave good advice that I hadn't heard any other writer say. And he basically said that when he is writing and shooting Yellowstone, he is on a very strict diet. And it's something I've never thought about, but something I'm going to incorporate in January. And he basically saying he eats healthy. He's not drinking, or at least not drinking after like a certain time of night. Cause he's like, and I'm trying to get the maximum amount of sleep possible because we shoot for seven months nonstop. And I'm usually working an 18 hour day. So he's like, I don't get that enough sleep. So I have a very regimented thing and he takes vitamins and does whatever. And look, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a vitamin expert. And I wrote down but the athletic things he said. greens are exactly, our exactly. solution. Yeah, there's a transition. But but I do think one of the things I'm going to, especially since I have a movie that hopefully is shooting in May, just like being on set doing whatever, it's going to be, I'm going to try to turn it health, health wise. Uh, look, and I'll come back, you know, I'll be on the pod and I'll let you know how that works. But I do think it's something to think about. It's an outside the box thing. But it, it probably that. ties right into taking care of yourself and doing whatever. Like, don't have a milkshake at midnight if you got to be up at six, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. If I had a milkshake as a lactose intolerance person, that would destroy me for a week. But <laughs> don't recommend. Exactly. Well, th- yeah. That was one thing I did leading up to shooting in, in Panama was I went to hot yoga classes because oh, cool. I knew it was going to be very hot there. But it also was this like forced downtime. I think there is really something there. And this is embarrassing, but when I was leaving my career, I remember doing planks in at a yeah. in a workout class at a, the gym I was in, and I was like, and I I'm not trying to be someone who wins Oscars, yeah. but I would I would do plank, and I'd be like, you have to be in my head. I'd be like, you have to be strong to carry the Oscar. <laughs> like I had this like, but but I was motivated to be build strength so I could sustain myself on set because that is, I mean, it sounds so basic and blah, but it's true. Like it, you will hurt yourself. You will run yourself out. It's a a marathon. And I will use that to transition (laughs) into our email from Julius, 
who said, Hey, Gigi, after that podcast question I emailed you about six months ago, I went back to my script and it worked on and worked on it for five and a half months. And I have since completed the script and got involved in a sort of indie writer's room. Congratulations. This struck a huge interest the more people that got involved. I found that the more people I talked about it with more people, more people were interested in how uh, my day was going, the more people wanted to help me. In less than three weeks, I got an experienced casting director for a pitch trailer and a project casting call date with some location scouting already done. These are exciting times. Super congratulations, dude. I am, however, having an issue with networking. Since Elon brought, bought Twitter, I have kind of exited social media, but now I am struggling to connect with other filmmakers and people in the industry. I am now on Instagram and threads, but I'm having trouble connecting with people. Do you have any tips for these social media networks as of late? I have recently exited Blue Sky because it's too much of an outrage machine loop. Thanks for everything, y'all. Julius. And here's my hot take. Get off of social media, get out into the real world and network in person. I don't know if you're based in LA. I don't know where you're based, but like meeting people in person, whether it's like Channel 101 or Show and Tell in the backyard, like these places where you can just run into or film festivals, like film festivals, especially the short film blocks where it's like you are with people who are up and coming and looking to make things. I think those are the most powerful connections I've made. And it might feel a little, it might feel really awkward at first. It might feel like, I don't know anyone here, but like if you go and spend a weekend or go and spend a Thursday night at like a short film screening or a community thing and, or like a 48 hour film project and you make one friend, it is so worth it. That that's my recommendation because one, I think social media is becoming like an increasingly toxic place. Two, it's very easy to like, be have people talking at each other but like really you want to be like making making actual connections with people which i think happens offline and so whether you're connecting with them meeting them at a thing at an event or meeting them on social media and saying hey can we grab a coffee like i see you're at afi in your first year like would love to learn more or are you looking for extra set of hands on set would love to learn more that's my advice like that is how i've been able to build my network and build meaningful relationships. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I would say, save your money, go to South by Southwest, go to Austin Film Festival, May, maybe go to Sundance. I know it's more expensive. Come to LA for a week, you know, get a cheap Airbnb, come with friends, whatever it takes, schedule your meetings around there, ask if, you know, whatever, you know, I, I would figure it out that way. If none of that's an issue or none of that's possible and you are hell bent on staying on social media, then I think, unfortunately, you'll have to decide, is Elon Musk's hellscape more, <laughs> is it more important for you to not be on Twitter than it is for you to network? And I, I like, you know, there's a million moral dilemmas we face every day. I don't think this is a big one, given the many other moral dilemmas we have in the world. But like, only you can decide that. And if you are saying, hey, I can't use Blue Sky and I can't use Twitter and you got to find somewhere else, then get on Reddit right? Find those Reddit forums. There's Reddit screenwriting's excellent, Reddit filmmaking, Reddit mm-hmm. directors. Get on there. Start participating in there. Put it out in ISO, like an in search of, hey, you know, my name's blah, blah. I live blah, blah, blah. Would anybody want to network? Would they want to meet? Would they want to do this? Would they want to trade scripts? That's a good place to do that. You know, I, I would start there, start the start of those forums and go from there. I know, 
not a sponsor, but like a stage 32 has a lot of free filmmaker accounts. You could, excuse me, you can, you can slip into DMs or whatever it is, DM people to hang out. You can put the same sorts of ISOs there. I'm sure there's plenty of other websites that do that. Uh, you're in a difficult spot, right? Like you have something that feels like it's done. You are looking for other people to collaborate with, but you know, it, it isn't easy. Like there is a lot of footwork to do. You know, I would do the GG suggested route first. Go out and find people, whether that's joining different things or searching for clubs or, you know, or like diversity initiatives or other things that, mm-hmm. that could make, you know, be under the banner. I was talking to a woman yesterday and I was like, have you checked out women in film? You live in LA. Like that might be a huge thing, a huge benefit for you. Yeah. She was like, oh, I'd never heard of that. I was like, yeah. I met one of my closest director friends on a woman, women in film, like, forum talk on Zoom during the pandemic. And then she reached out to me to grab like virtual coffee. And then we became friends in real life. Like, yeah. And she, we've supported each other on our projects like that, like those intimate environments where it's like, yes, it's on Zoom. It's not even in person, but it's like, you're getting a qualified audience of people who care enough to go out of their way to engage and learn. Like that is a prime. I actually met the editor of my movie in a similar space. Like I, and then I was like, oh, she's an editor. I'm interested in her work. Like, let me reach out to her. And then we got dinner and then we became friends. Yeah. So it's like that alumni associations, you know, like there's, there's a lot of different avenues. And again, if, if none of those float your boat and you might have to go back to Twitter, blue sky and, and, and look there, I'm, I'm aware of the issues there. And I would, I don't want to downplay them for anybody. And I think people feel strongly about certain things, but check that out. Reddit's a great place. I really love Reddit. Even though screenwriting Reddit sometimes drives me crazy, sometimes whatever. But I, I do think like there's there are ways to communicate with people, but the best way is in person. And, and I think that's like a lost art, but crucial because at the end of the day, nobody's making movies over Zoom, right? Like at yeah. some point, you're all going to be together on set working together. And, and the better you get at working with other people in person, the better your career will turn out. And, you know, if, if you don't live in LA and you come here, send us an email, you know, if we're available, yeah. we'll, you know, we'd love to shake a hand or whatever, but it is like, get out there and do that. If you, if you can save, check out film festivals, it doesn't even have to be the big ones, you know, like you could go to the small ones, Boston, Rhode Island, Philadelphia has one, like go, go to these places, meet these people, get your work out there. And, and hopefully that's the best way to do it. You know? I also think that when you're going out to meet people, like, yes, you can be say like I'm working on this project and I'm looking to like build some folks to like build community to work on this that people may not be ready to commit to like a full-on project like that like it might be a bit of a slow burn I think that you mentioned it's like a, a a short a proof of concept which is great because that's actually like low, lower stakes than a full feature but like so, so you want to slowly build that community and if this is your baby like it takes some time to build the people, build the community of the people who you want to be working on it. So like invest in your community, invest in building trust with people. And yeah, it's it's really exciting. And I hope, please let us know if this is Yeah, helpful. email us in five and a half months. I want to know where this goes. Yeah, I mean, we, every five and a half months, we have to hear from you, Julius. <laughs> yeah. Give us those updates. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else any other advice that we have? Anything? Meet people. Any other- I, I would also say, like, don't make everything transactional when you're networking. Yes. Some of it just becoming friends with people. I think that some of my best friends in Los Angeles, I know we're probably never going to work on anything together. You know, and I say that like loving, like we, we, yes. we, we have different tastes or we have just different things going on or whatever, you know, 
But at the end of the day, like some of the best notes I get are from friendships forged that way, right? Or like the mm-hmm. best feedback I get isn't because we work together. It's because maybe we have difference of opinions or different ideas. So, you know, start with friendships first and then bring the job into it. You don't want to show up at one of these festivals or with people being like, who's going to help me finish this proof of concept? Go make friends. When the topic inevitably comes up, what are you working on? I'm working on this. I'm actually looking for some people to round out this crew. Maybe it's not going to be the people you meet and make friends with, but maybe it's their friends, right? Like the whole idea of networking is that you are connecting an endless web of people. So, you know, take advantage of that, but start everything from a place of friendship. uh, Because like we said earlier in this episode, (laughs) the low lows are coming, man. They're coming coming all the time. Get ready. You know, those are the people that are going to help you ford that river. You're not going to swim over on your own. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jason, for indulging me in my lowest lows <laughs> and sharing your lowest lows. I, I hope that the uh, the emails of Jason Hellerman become a recurring thing on this podcast yeah. because they bring a lot of joy. I'll read an email anytime. You know, I've Yay. I've got plenty of plenty of cries for help and also plenty of look what I did. I did it. Yes. So, you know, we'll oh, have them. a folder in your email called gold stars or big wins. And so you can always go or I, I have like gold star, my gold star folder. And it's just like, any, and somebody said something nice, put it in the gold star folder. You can look at it anytime and feel good. Absolutely. You know, before we exit, there's a, an agent emailed me in 2013, maybe one of the most glowing, sweet, incredible emails. Maybe I've talked about this on the podcast before. She's no longer an agent, but when now she's a manager or an exec somewhere. It doesn't matter. It was an incredible email talking about how wonderful of a writer I am. And it was so good. My, I, my forwarded to my roommate and been like, this is crazy, right? And he's like, this is me. He's like, you have to feel great. I was like, this is great. You know, celebrate your wins with your closest friends. And later in the years, he, we lived in different apartments. I went over to visit him and he had it on his fridge. And I was like, what is this email doing on your fridge? He's like, dude, it was so nice, so much of a nice email that he's like, I needed it on my fridge, even though it wasn't about me to be able to read it. And it Aww. that made me feel a bit like great. And I think that's an email I still have and cherish and, and is awesome. But it used to crack me up and I head over to his apartment and that wound up coming down. And But we still text about it all the time where he'll be, send me a fuss. Like anytime I hit my low slow, send me a screenshot of that and be like, oh. you could only be, you must be better than you were in 2013, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Well, it was a pleasure. And Absolutely. Uh, to our listeners, uh, you can get more No Film School at nofilmschool.com. We're heading to Sundance today, Thursday, the 18th. And We'll be covering a ton of emerging and existing filmmakers. Emerging and existing? Yeah, What that. does that even mean? That sounds right. Uh, yeah. People who are at Sundance, who are making movies, which is amazing. And we're also going to be having a no film school party Woo! at the Cannon House. Look out for more details there. Come on by. Say hello. It's Saturday at 5 p.m. And can't wait. Anything else? Any other updates, Jason? I'll be partying in LA, you know? So, uh, <laughs> I feel like you need yeah. an adjacent party, like a big, I an do. adjacent party. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'll be playing pickleball Friday night, the whatever that is, the 19th at Westchester Pickleball. Oh my God. By LAX. So if you're a listener Please and you want to get smoked by me or you, you know, you think you got to serve. Or an 80 year old woman. An 80 year old. That's my demo there. Please come out and we'll play. Don't embarrass me too much, but you know, Everyone there, I think, I don't even know if they know what I do for a living, so it'd be very funny. But okay. but either way, you know, hold it down and, you know, continue to send us your emails. I, I say it every week, but you can email me, jason at nofilmschool.com. We love talking to you. We love interacting with you and think it's where we get our best article topics too. So Totally. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs>